0: Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show for our financial hour. Joining us this week, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group.
1: All right, we're sitting here. It's on Thursday because we're closed on Friday.
0: Because it is Good Friday.
1: And yes, and there are some things... You're going to have to turn me up a little bit. I can't hear myself. There are some things that are going on out there that don't look so good. And there's other things going on that do look good. Um, And it's it's sort of a mixed bag. One of the things that does look good is that we have seen the yield on the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond decline all the way to 3.29%. Now, what does that – and it's interesting. The prime rate is at 8% right now, which there's a disconnect. So the Fed is really sort of lost in the weeds in many ways, uh, pursuing their higher interest rate, um, I don't know, search, if you will. And the market's disagreeing with them because the prime rate is at – 8% 8% and three months treasuries are, are somewhere around 4.8. So you do have an inversion going on. But the good news is that longer term rates seem to be declining. What does that mean? That means mortgage rates are going to start coming down also. And you'll see um, uh, maybe a pickup in housing. Um, we've had obvious dislocations in the market. With the banking problems um, that have occurred, Uh, we have had some of the worst political leadership in the history of our country, and yet market indexes still maintain at pretty good levels, and you're seeing a rally in bonds where you're getting lower interest rates. Now, everybody seems to be worried about a recession. And I've been hearing this now for over a year. We're going to have a recession. We're going to have a recession. Jamie Dimon, who is the um, self-proclaimed guru, he's the president of JPMorgan Chase has been saying recession for some time. Something very bad is going to happen. So there are some big talking heads out there who seem now to be so invested in this narrative that they, the narrative itself has gotten to be too big to fail. So...
2: Yeah, the when you're looking at the the news today, the or this week really, they're just it's more negative headlines than positive headlines. You are there calls for recession that you're seeing in the headlines and I think it really was triggered by that annual letter that Jamie Dimon put out as part of the yeah, annual report for JP Morgan. And in the despite the headlines talking I about I think
1: he thinks his letter is now sort of like Buffett's um you know, Buffett's um uh letter to shareholders every year. It's not as long, but it's, you know, he makes all these policy prescriptions. I think he thinks of himself as sort of part statesman, part banker. That's
2: right. I, I think you nailed that. And that letter came out and it, it prompted a big discussion there. And there also, I think the other big change was that we saw the forecast that the federal reserve tracks for expect are estimating the economic growth for the current quarter. It dropped a lot. So I think those were the triggers there. But in the meantime, or, or what's also happening underneath there is you're seeing some uh, some uh, reasonable valuations. The, the I don't want to get too wonky here. I get accused of that, and rightfully so, <laughs> because I can do that. But the, basically, the the comparison between stocks and bonds, the valuation, uh, uh, the the differential uh, there is is at a level that hasn't been seen in a while, but that doesn't mean that stocks are going down. That means they're going to be... Uh, back well, to the a historical lot of your averages economically really.
1: sensitive stocks have gotten hammered here uh, Airbnb for instance you know that's a name we own it's it's dropped uh, a big amount just in the last really uh 5 days i mean it's it's kind of fallen off the cliff and so what we're seeing are some of these things come off in here uh, especially things that you know, retail-related things that are going to be affected by a downturn in spending. Because keep in mind, the consumer does and always has driven our economy. It's 70% of the economy is consumer spendings. Not every economy is like that, but it is in the U.S. Right, and
2: you're seeing uh, the spending is uh, starting to to slow down a little bit there. That may be another reason they're... Uh, they're a little bit concerned however or some of these market pundits are but what they they're looking at it as a half glass empty is or glass right. half empty as opposed to half full because even if it's slowing it's still growing and it's uh, it's not a an indication that, right. that things are going off a cliff or anything
1: Well, and the other thing is we have tried you know in our portfolio we've tried to direct our attention towards things that people are going to use, even if we have a recession, um, you know, one of which mortgage uh, REITs, we're, we're invested in the mortgage market. If indeed interest rates go lower, mortgage, existing mortgage debt, existing mortgage bonds, which can act as a collateral for certain types of investment, those will go up in value. Why? Because they have a fixed rate of interest and is, as market rates decline, your fixed rate uh, obligation goes up in price. Gas pipelines—we're we're fairly well invested in the transportation of natural gas and, to some degree, oil through pipelines throughout North America. That's going to keep being used even in a recession. Yes, prices could decline as a percentage of. Uh, the sales as, you know, natural gas is laying there at $2 per 1,000 uh, cubic feet. That's pretty darn cheap. And, you know, a Kinder Morgan or an Enbridge is getting paid based on a percentage of the price. So their revenues can decline somewhat. Yet, though that's never going to be gone because you're going to have natural gas Transportation, insurance, the insurance business will remain despite a downturn. That's another area where we have some exposure. So we have you know, tried to position ourselves in things that people are going to use and, and spend money on regardless of what happens in the economy. Well, and one thing just to make sure
2: everybody knows, these mortgage securities are government backed. They are basically full faith and credit of the well, U.S. The, government. The, the, the so, more right. the collateral is the collateral. Not, not thank the, you, thank you. Right. Not
1: the not the uh, company, but yeah, that's true. In one of our holdings, the other one's got some private label, but yes, they they tend to be uh, pretty strong securities with very low amount of credit risk. The main risk is interest rate risk. However, if you're in a declining uh, environment for business right now, which you know could be the case in a recession, you're going to get lower interest rates. It will happen. It's very hard to get higher interest rates in a, in, a, uh, in a recessionary environment. Now, the other thing that we've had here lately is a pop in oil prices. We didn't have a pop in natural gas prices, and you've seen a big – uh, disparity per BTU cost per BTU in the difference between oil prices and gas prices. The oil price pop has been caused mainly by Saudi Arabia and them de- deciding to cut over a million barrels a day off the market. My bet is if we get into a true full-fledged recession, that price hike will not hold despite the rise uh, or the, the shortage there of natural gas. It, but we, it's going to be have to be a pretty turn oriented recession, pretty hardcore recession because um, you know, a lot of things are, are running pretty lean in terms of uh, their energy consumption. So, I think you're going to see uh, – I don't know that, that oil is going to get much higher than 80 bucks, in the face of recessionary winds. Well, you're going to see uh,
2: the businesses, like a lot of the businesses we invest in for our clients, they're going to make money regardless of the economic circumstances, and that's a point you were making earlier. And we are also targeting higher dividend yields for the, the – stocks for the portfolio as a whole, right? Because in a in a, in a tougher, a slower economic uh, growth period, you got to get that current income. It's not going to come from uh, capital appreciation. So we're, you we're trying it. to make sure we get that total return for our clients. That's
1: exactly right. And you know, like, like Chad just said in a, in a environment where there's not much in terms of growth, you do want to have Dividend income. Now, let's talk about something that is has been uh, an article here in the Wall Street Journal. Looks like it's just out on their website today. <coughs> <coughs> it's about cough syrup. <laughs> and the shortage of it, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we got a problem. No, the name is of the article is bosses want hard workers. So they're hiring older people. Now this is a real hot button of mine. I mean, it's, I've got some opinions in this and I'm not, I'm sure a lot of people are not going to agree with it and that's fine. You don't have to agree with it, but I believe people retire too early. And I think it's a real problem. I've known people that have been able to be productive workers into their 80s. I didn't say 70s. I said 80s. I knew of one lady who continued to come to work at age 90. This is this idea that at age 65, I'm done. I'm out of here. I had a guy tell me the other day, he's 61 years old. He was saying, Well, you think life's all about just making money? You know, and, and he and then when I pressed him, he's living on um, you know, savings and things like that. But I just there's no way you can invest he, he's gotta have a lot of money because rates were very low for a long time to be making anything that he can take home and live off of. And so I believe there's a lot of untapped earning potential out there with people. In fact, let's talk about Airbnb for a second. Airbnb, if you really think about it, it's like an employment agency for real estate. (laughs) You know, you're, you're taking real estate that is unused And you're finding a productive use for it. You're putting it on the market and you're selling it. What does an employment agency do? It takes human beings and finds jobs for them. I think, you know, this is the biggest untapped area in our country for work and production are people. 50 and over
2: on the realization that the work ethic that was instilled in those people, 50 and older is for whatever reason is not being instilled in the younger generations across the board. There are plenty of examples that, that, uh, that break that stereotype for sure. But in general, the, the average person over the age of 50 has a, a stronger work ethic than the average person at 20 to 25 years old right now and some of that is just youth they'll figure it out but i think there's just been a, a significant shift in in priorities people are and it, 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 some of that's probably healthy but for for mental health but uh the the reality is yeah, but that they're it, not the most mentally
1: healthy group either <laughs> that's true but the,
2: but the 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 point being that they uh they probably are are focused on the work-life balance but too much so they they don't understand yeah, like
1: Let's get balanced and don't worry about working too hard. Let me tell you something. Anybody I know, anybody I know that really wanted to achieve a goal that required a lot of work, they were unbalanced (laughs) for a long period of time. Not that it's healthy, and I understand, and it's not true of everybody. There are some people that have been able to achieve a great balance for, for many, many years, and they do well at it. Usually they're doing something they love and they just can't wait to get up that morning and do it again. And I get that. I was just with a guy here a few minutes ago, horse, uh, owns a horse farm, loves horses, has stallions, has mares. He was showing people some of his stallions. This guy never has a bad day because he just loves being around the horses and the people that care about their horses. One of the great things about living in central Kentucky is the horse industry. And if you don't know much about it, you should learn because it is one of the greatest treasures. And you never read much about it in the newspaper because our local people paper is more interested in, in other things. Let's just say rather than the signature industry of central Kentucky. They got bigger fish to fry, but what I'll say is that that our horse industry is incredible. Now, we're talking to people in Fayette County. I mean, you could find employment in a variety of ways, and if you're an older worker, I get tired of people saying, well, I can't find anything. Are you kidding me? There's a lot of things available, and sometimes all they need is a warm body.
2: Well, and this uh, article closes with a, a quote from, a, from from one of the employers uh, quoted in there. And it said, with a slower economy, the, the employers don't need as many employees, so they want people that know how to work hard. And right. here's the quote. Instead of trying to convince younger generations to be something different, some companies are saying, why don't we just go hire people who are naturally predisposed to work harder?
1: Right. So, I mean, that's Who that's have it. a sense of accomplishment. The, the, the hardest thing to instill in younger people these days, unless they have kind of a breakthrough on this, is the sense of, of a job well done, is, is making them want to do something. Well, I, I can't make anybody do anything, so that's really the wrong terminology. The terminology I'm searching for is <clears throat> seeing it happen, finding young people. Let me tell you something. I get proven wrong every day. Yes, there are young people out there, highly motivated. Some of them incredible, and it's it's not across the board. Or it is in some senses, like Chad was saying, but it's not all granular. If you go down into the weeds, you will find people and that are that are hard workers that are twenty years old. You know, it's it, it can be turned around. We've got to try to do it.
2: Well, and tying that back too to the to the to talk about the economy and stocks that we're covering here. I mean, you have folks that are going to have to, the younger folks are either going to have to learn how to work harder, or uh, we're going to have a a, a weaker
1: economy. I mean, the older me workers nervous. are helping drive the economy uh, to grow the economy because they know how to work hard. It makes me nervous when somebody comes in here with a retirement plan, and they it doesn't matter how big it is really, how much money is in that retirement plan. And they say, this is going to be my sole means of income. I, just knowing what can happen in the markets, knowing, you, you know, I just always encourage people to have another source of income, something they can do to produce something or to to, do, to create a service or a good that's saleable and valuable. Right. Right. <laughs> That's right.
2: I think that um, <laughs> right. the, the old
0: terminology, do what you love and love what you do, should be the mantra in retirement. If you find something that you enjoy doing, it won't really be work.
1: And you love running the board, don't you? <laughs> You're getting totally off on all this.
0: It's, it's a great service.
1: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not arguing with you.
0: You're listening to The Tom Dupree Show with Chad Sturgill. Stay tuned, and we'll be more. We'll be back with more of the Financial Hour. You got me all tore we'll up. Be Tom. Yeah, to we'll be more than happy to do the second to, half of the hour, and I'll you. be more than happy to run the board. Stay tuned.
1: Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. Do you have a financial plan? Not some book that a brokerage firm printed out for you several years ago that sits on the shelf, but a real, living, organic, flexible financial plan. Something that can be modified when life intervenes, but nonetheless keeps you on track. At DePree Financial Group, we've used our years of advising our clients in their investment portfolios to advise them in their overall financial lives. The variety of financial products and approaches can be confusing and intimidating. Allow us to help you navigate them. Call us at 859-233-0400 and allow us to make recommendations to you regarding your financial planning as well as your retirement investment portfolio. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Depree Show Saturday morning from 7 to 10 at News Radio 630 WLAP and listen to our podcast at DupreeFinancial.com.
0: Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us for the financial hour this week, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group.
1: So at the beginning of the hour, we played a song by Peter Townsend of The Who that he did on his own. And this song is from the rock opera called Quadrophenia that The Who did back in the early 70s. It was after the one they did called Tommy. And uh, anyway, it's... Uh,
0: that used to be the theme song of the show.
1: Not not this one. It was the, the Tommy song. Right. I mean, see if we can find that. I, this song reminds me of Sewanee my freshman year because we had a, um, a group of people that uh, was uh, students that uh, formed kind of a garage band, and uh, they performed at Swanee Quadrophenia. Ted Smeeta. Who was they,
0: this group you're talking yeah, about?
1: Yeah, the, the guitarist was this guy named Ted Smita and he looked like a rock and roller. He had long blonde hair, and he loved just getting up there and whanging on the guitar. And uh, he was—he uh, was just a real performer. That's—that's that's the only thing you could say about him. And uh, here, here, we, here you go. You, you can play this thing. Um, this is um, this is how we used to open the show. We'll just we'll just do a little music here for a second. We're, we're going to get into something, and I'm probably going to get calls from my congressman. So uh, I'll 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 delay that for a little bit. All right. So this is how we used to open the show. You're gonna have to turn that up, sweetie. Bye. I'm
0: sliding up.
1: So there's it's a great song but there's nobody that plays the drums like Keith Moon nobody and he passed away at age 31 I'll say this of course who the the the, uh, the rock opera Tommy is is about a kid that was like a Helen Keller type he had no vision or sight but he, he and he grew up in an abusive environment, but he ends up becoming this pinball wizard and he, he doesn't see the ball or he, I guess he feels it. I don't know. What would you say, uh, Chad? I mean, how would he, how would someone be able to play pinball without seeing it or hearing it? I mean, that, that doesn't make sense to me. It, it just uh, is an unspoken, uh, just to uh, are right. It's feeling. It's just, uh, it's, It's a connection there. He must feel the vibration in the machine when it's going, you know, going back and forth and he can tell when the paddle hits it. They say that when you're deprived of one or more of your senses, all the other senses become extremely heightened. And it's like Beethoven who was deaf, but he could bite down on the, um, on the, uh, on something where the vibration was coming out and he could feel the music coming through his jaw. You know, Beethoven was deaf. So I think all these things are fascinating to me. Now, I want to talk about something that has really been brought to my attention. You know, our congressman, whom you will hear from in the next hour, actually, is really good about certain things. But there's also some things that he says uh, and supports that I disagree with. I've never agreed with this sanctions against Russia, and um, and then this uh, huge financial support of Ukraine. And now, the Republicans and the Democrats are so heavily invested in this narrative that they simply can't back out of it. They can. What happens in Washington is everybody gets on the boat. It becomes a thing. They all walk around wearing little Ukrainian pins on their on their uh, lapels. People put the signs in the yard, and they all go all in. Now, here's where we've screwed up, and I, I'm going to preach a little bit, but I'll make it short. By putting uh, these sanctions on Russia and freezing. Russian dollar denominated assets, which we had absolutely no right to do, but we did it just because they were dollar denominated and we felt we could control it. They are now, our US government, Republicans included, are now causing what one might call de-dollarization, meaning all the oil market traded in dollars prior to this. Russia being made to be a pariah has been forced to sell their oil at a lower price in other currencies. And we thought, Oh, you know, we control the world's, uh, we, we have the world's uh, reserve currency and they'll never be able to trade oil outside of the dollar. Guess what? They found a way to, and now it's like poking a hole in the dike. People are, the Saudis, all these people are beginning to realize, I don't have to kowtow to the U.S. anymore. Here's what happens in the case of de-dollarization. Let me tell you what happens. The reason our interest rates and our growth rates have remained and inflation rates over the years have remained relatively low is because our currency has been widely accepted all over the world for decades. That's given a big amount of liquidity to the U.S. dollar and we've exported treasury bonds. That's what we've exported because we've run a massive deficit and people have bought treasuries all over the world. Now, if this pace continues, and I see no reason why it wouldn't because we have maybe the biggest amount of uninformed fools in D.C. today, including the Republicans and Mitch McConnell – Who's lecturing us that the most important thing in the world right now is that we stop Russia in Ukraine? How about fentanyl? How about all this crap coming across our border? You seem to be okay with that, Mitch. The idea that I would never take a Republican to task is just wrong. But let me tell you what's going to happen if this de dollarization continues? The dollars will have to come home. They'll have to be repatriated because that'll be the only place they'll be accepted. We'll have massive inflation and that means interest rates are going to be higher. We are screwing the pooch here and neither party really understands it.
2: Well, and Tom, you're also not even bringing the national debt into the discussion because we've been well, able to get away we, with printing money for all these years because we have the world's We currency. exported
1: treasury bo- uh, bonds to them. They, you, you want, take our bonds, you know, we're good for it. Right. No, if you, if you use your currency as a weapon against people that you don't like, this is what happens it's going to blow up on you. And the problem is that the bipartisan element of this and Andy, I love him to death. He's totally wrong on this. He is so wrong. And when he's wrong and digs in, he just gets more wrong. And, and they followed Mitch McConnell and these guys over the cliff on this. It's like, because there's something about Ukraine and the elites, you know, I don't know, but, you know they don't like Russia, but I like Russia because I studied Russian for eight semesters, and I think there's good people in Russia. And uh, you know, uh, I don't know about Putin. I think he's got some issues, but and and but the 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 point is, the sanctions have not worked. They've made it worse. Our inflation is not going to go away. Now I used to think it was transitory, but now this is not good. If we cannot maintain our reserve currency status, we're screwed. I mean, I'm sorry, and they don't see it. Well,
2: Tom, the old saying: How did you go broke? Slowly at first, then quickly. I mean that's what we're talking about as a country here. I mean, it's. I think there's just this uh, this false sense of security that uh, we can print money indefinitely and. There are never going to be any repercussions, and we know that that's just not the, the way the law of economics works. At some point, there will be a, a repayment and uh, required. And the story out of China is that they're doing everything in their power. They're using their the size of the—they I mean, they buy more commodities than anybody, and uh, by, by a large margin, they're coming out of their COVID slump here, so they're going to be buying more commodities, more um, raw materials— and they're going to insist that the payments are made in yuan instead of uh, in dollars. And uh, they have the clout to get away with that. Now, you know, what percent of the market is going to be uh, in the yuan f- by for the next couple of years? Who knows? But, you know, right now it's it's under 15%, but it's, it's growing. And, I mean, five years ago it wasn't – it was negligible. So uh, it's something that doesn't get a lot of attention here, but it absolutely is a, is a real concern.
1: It's a huge concern. Now, for an investor, what do you do? Well, one of the things you have to do is always, you have to be careful about investing only in money. What you want to invest in are things that produce things. What do I mean by that? Companies, what we like to invest in are companies that, actually make stuff that's got to be used that will ultimately be priced by the market in whatever local currency we're talking about. No matter how badly it's been debased or debauched, it will ultimately find its level in the economic, um, in the economic, uh, sense of things. Or structure of things and get priced for ultimately what it's it's worth. And so we like energy. Energy is something that we like. We also like agriculture. We're not invested in it as much, but we do like it. Although (laughs) the problem in the U.S. is that agriculture has been co-opted by Certain large seed companies that have turned seed into things like proprietary software, which is not good. And it fights what needs to be done, which is more planting of uh, good varieties that are, that are helpful and nutritious, more of an open source thing, instead of uh, this GMO stuff, which is like goofy-ass software that they create. We also like real estate. And we we are exposed there. We like insurance because that is a form of risk management. Your your economy has to have certain elements of risk management in order for major catastrophic blows to keep from taking you out. That's why uh, you own insurance. So those are some areas. And then... It sometimes makes sense to have money invested overseas, so that you are in an in an environment that's not going to be purely dollar denominated. If the dollar gets into deep trouble, you're going to have exposure to other currencies and other form, other income streams. Well, Tom, you're what you're just describing there
2: is. We're invested in companies that sell something of value or offer a service that is of value and the right. denomination of the currency is irrelevant. They're going to create the value. The multinationals
1: right. do business in all the currencies, typically. Right. But they
2: we're, were focused on value creation and not on uh, dollars, you know, trying to, to, to manage a specific currency. Do you like them, Louie? I like
1: them. <laughs> that was from, That's from the book. That's from the book, Lars Poker, where they're sitting on the trading desk and they're looking at the screen and one guy's sitting there and saying, how do you like him, Louie? He says, I like them. So they go in and buy bonds and then 15 minutes later, he says, how do you like him now, Louie? I don't like him, And they sell. I don't, it's just a funny inside joke. Chad's read the book. That's yeah, right.
0: De- definitely not the way we do business at Dupree. Yeah, in it's a joke. Yeah. It's only a joke. And your jokes are what? <laughs> They're not funny.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help it. It's a it's a gray day outside. I'm trying to create ele- it's a it's a gra- it's a
0: gray day. G R A Y
1: gray gray. Right. So the 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 point is, I believe you know. In order to maintain worldwide and geopolitical trust, you cannot use your currency as a weapon. This administration has been weaponizing everything. They've weaponized the Department of Justice, they weaponized the FBI, they weaponized the IRS, and now they're weaponizing our currency. So, you know, uh, and the Republicans are joining along with it on this. This is the thing that's so dismaying because we don't have many what I would call uh, small government Republicans. We have people that like to wield the power of the government to do things. And finally, that begins to backfire. What do you got, Chad? Petrodollar versus Petroyuan. Can China overthrow U.S. in the global oil market? China is the world's biggest crude importer and is leveraging that position to make yuan the preferred choice. The move is aimed at denning the U.S. dollar's hegemony in the uh in the, in the market in an attempt to compete with the petrodollar China came up with the petro yuan is intended to be used for oil trading in fact in 2017 the people's bank of china and the central bank of the russian federation guaranteed to carry out oil, agreed to carry out oil transactions in the chinese currency through the platform of Shanghai Oil and Natural Gas Exchange the first step towards converting the yuan into a petrocurrency. Okay. That's the shot across the bow right there. That is what we're talking about and we have actually exacerbated this by these stupid ass sanctions against Russia that aren't working and pumping all this money into Ukraine that isn't working either. They're getting beat finally. And Uh, It's sad. It's sad to say. But if you think Putin and Russia, they are resource rich. You're not going to sanction them into poverty. It's not going to happen. They've got lots of resources. And guess what they can do? Even if they don't have access to our currency, they can barter. They can do, you know, so I don't know. I mean, uh, it's just... I did listen to Tucker Carlson last night. He enlightened me to this. I mean, I, I knew this was happening, but I didn't have a way to put words to it. And now I feel like I've seen some things here and it's making a lot of sense to me what's going on. And I'm going to tell you this country in some ways is in worse shape than you might think it is. What we've got going. If we lose it, we've lost everything is our character as people. That's it. That's where all your ultimate uh, economic and, and good things come from, is productivity and, and good character. If we lose our good character, we're screwed. I mean, I'm sorry. Well,
2: there's another article, too.
0: We are out, oh, out, of, out time. of time. We'll have to Don't talk about it another time. you go there, Chad. I'm cutting <laughs> we'll you off. You're listening to The Tom Dupree Show with Chad Sturgill. If you want to hear more of the Tom Dupree Show, you can always go to DupreeFinancial.com and click on the radio tab. Also, if you'd like to come see us, you can click on our homepage and schedule an appointment directly from there, or call us, 859-233-0400. Stay tuned. We've got our Congressman Andy Barr coming up, ironically. You won't want to miss it.